welcome in to On the Preds, episode 20. I am your host, Alex Darty of A to Z Sports, and this is Sean Smith of On the Forecheck. We are here 20 episodes in already. We're in March, middle of March, almost trade deadline coming up, and uh, this is uh, this is it's getting to crunch time. Weekly show, and this is number 20. You feel like you've had 20 already. It doesn't feel like it to me. Um, you know, time just flies by when we're talking. So, I mean, every episode seems like it's over really quickly. And yeah. but by the time we get to the next one, it's like I've enjoyed just thinking back on the previous one so much. that. Well, I, you know, all we do is just rewatch the, uh, the previous episode yeah. every hour yeah. for the next, you know, 128 hours or whatever. Got to so, get those views up. Gotta yeah, get those views up. <laughs> right. Well, this is the show where we recap the Preds and we talk plenty of hockey. And today on the show, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, obviously, it is record-breaking season. We're going to talk about some records that could be broken over the next few weeks. And uh, But we also have to recap what has been a very busy and a very productive week for the National Predators. They've yeah. scored 24 goals in their last five games. That's a pretty good mark. Almost five goals a game. That'll win you some games. And that's what they did. They got eight points out of their last possible 10. Uh, and save for like the maybe the last three minutes of the Blues game and maybe the first few minutes as well, um, it's been almost a perfect stretch for the Nashville Predators. I mean, they beat some teams they should have beaten. They beat some teams that were tough that were they still beat. And uh, they, they went toe-to-toe with you know, one of the better teams in the Western Conference in St. Louis. So we're going to talk about all that. We're going to recap all of that. Um, we are also going to talk a lot about record breaking. Uh, there mm. are, as I count them, five Predators records that some of which are almost definitely will be broken in the next uh, week or two, and then some that could be definitely broken by the end of the year. We're going to rank them in terms of how, when we think they will happen. And also, therefore, their likelihood of happening. Because I think ones yeah. that you know will happen sooner, we're pretty sure, are going to happen. Um, and then uh, ones that might happen later, it might be a little close, but we'll we'll see. Well, there's five records that I counted, and maybe one bonus one we'll throw in there for you. Um, sound good? You ready to do this? Sounds good to me. I, I want to say really quick, you know, yeah. we talk about eight out of the last ten points. We said on the last episode, we felt like the Predators needed to get six out of their next eight points, and they did exactly yeah. that, so... Yeah. You know, I guess maybe they heard what we were saying and they took it to heart. So, yeah, exactly. Um, they, they, uh, and you know, because we originally weren't going to record until yesterday, but the Minnesota game, we decided to push it today. Anyways, doesn't matter. But yes, okay. eight out of ten points—that's pretty impressive. So, um, listen, before we do- we jump into the recaps of the week, we've got to talk about relax the back. So uh, we've mentioned this before on the show. Uh, relax the back is the place to go to if you're having back issues or if you have any pain that you're dealing with. Uh, basically, if you want to work better, live better, feel better every day, you've got to check out Relax the Back. Uh, it'll help you sleep well, which means you will live well as well. That's a lot of wells. So many options for customized comfort for when you sleep, work, or just want to relax at home. They've got the perfect chair, which is a zero gravity position chair. It's really awesome. You go backwards and you are, it's like you're floating in space. They have some crazy massage chairs, which are great. They've got a Technogel mattress. You just got to go check out the store. A sleep agent is on hand every day to help figure out how you can sleep better and resolve any pain issues. My best advice to anyone, if you're having any pain at all, just go to the store. You've got to just go walk in there and see what they've got to offer. They've got things like just pillows and like massagers all the way up to, like I said, the big 
uh, massage chairs that are just fantastic and mattresses. 2020 Glen Echo Road in Green Hills. Learn about the four pillars of wellness, healthy sleep, healthy work, healthy body, and healthy mind. Okay, so we've got uh, some games to recap. And I think I'm going to start us off because we've got to, we got to go all the way back to last Tuesday. (sighs) Feels like a long time ago when the Predators were preparing for what at the time was their biggest win or biggest game of the year uh, with the Dallas Stars in town. The action was very intense, but the scoreboard was not intense until John Klingberg scored in the third period. And then this happened, which I'm just going to show you and then we'll talk about it. After the Stars went up 1-0, this particular incident happened. Been paralyzed in terms of getting anything going here, but yeah. certainly the bench reacts when something like that happens. Oh, absolutely. You got it. And then Echo matches the bell going after Jamie Benn. No hesitation. This is a board. It's going to be board. It could be hit from behind, but I think they're going to call boarding. That's a dangerous play. It's a dangerous play. Echo goes, and you could see Forsberg. Immediately after that, Ryan Johansson scores to tie the game up. Maybe not immediately after that, but like in the next few minutes. Ryan Johansson scores, and then in the last minute and a half or so, or last two minutes, Roman Yossi scores to go up two to one, for the Predators to go up two to one. Um, That was a major four-point swing because the Stars went from up one nothing to down two to one. Predators get two points. Stars get nothing. Huge win, and that honestly, that hit by on Forsberg from Jamie Benn, I think swung the game. I, I I'm going to have to agree with you. And what's funny is they, they said it was a you know, dangerous play. I think really got lucky because Forsberg yeah. didn't land badly. So right. dangerous play, decent result. You know, it could have been a lot worse. Forsberg could have gone, you know, cranium first into that wall and, and really sustained some damage. But it doesn't really matter what the result of the play was because it's it's the intent of the play, and that was enough to send Ekholm right up there to get in his face and, and, you know, get things started. And I think you take that motivation coming away from that. Anytime you, you piss Matias Ekholm off, you, you know, the result's probably going to be something like what you see immediately afterwards. Yeah. And I think, you know, he's one of those guys that he will react. He's not going to react in a second unless it merits something being reacted to very quickly. So if the team sees Ekholm get fired up about something, everyone's going to get fired up immediately too. There's a lot of guys that can get upset pretty quickly over smaller stuff, personal stuff, you know, ticky tack stuff. But for Ekholm to be that mad that fast, you know that something bad's happened and the whole team's going to follow suit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the response from Matias fueled the response to the rest of the team. Um, and like I said, Johansson scored that goal uh, going down the middle and scoring on a backhand. And then the, the Yossi goal still can't figure out it hit something on the way to the net. It, it, it might've been, might've been just a, an arm or a leg. It might've been um, what's his name's Pat uh, Ottinger's pad. I don't know, but yeah. it doesn't matter, but he went in and uh, the, yeah, the huge four point swing. I mean, that, that really set the tone. If that play doesn't happen and the Preds don't score, and then they, they start the week out with that loss at home to Dallas. You, boy, you wonder really how the rest of the week would yeah. have gone. So, in my opinion, a huge moment of the week. Um, now, Thursday, the Predators go from playing Dallas to playing Anaheim. And, folks, the Anaheim Ducks are not very good. Oh. And they <laughs> – I know you're sad to hear it. I'm so, not sad to hear it. I just, so sad I was, to hear was... that the Anaheim, the Anaheim Ducks are not very good. 
they came into Nash and they also came into Nashville without two of their best players on the team in Ryan Getzloff and Trevor Zegras, who were injured. So it really wasn't much of a matchup. I mean, uh, you hate to say that they were, it was like a, a gimme win, but the, the Ducks were playing like a bunch of HL guys, very similar to like the, that Colorado game earlier in the year where the COVID shorted, COVID yeah. shortened team or whatever, like very similar feel. Um, and uh, so it really wasn't much of a matchup. Matt Duchesne and Philip Forsberg put the Preds up to nothing because those guys are just doing everything right now. And uh, Matt Duchesne then gets, I'm sorry, I skipped something. Uh, Colton Sissons made it three to one with a cannon of a shot from the right circle, just perfectly timed. I love that shot, uh, that little like half slap, half snap shot where he just picks the far corner. That was a really nice play from Sissons, who's having a great year, in my opinion. Um, and then Duchesne polishes off of the empty netter, four to one. Ducks are finished off. They're, they're in full on sell mode. It, before we started the show earlier tonight, um, we saw that they traded Josh Manson to the Avalanche. That was one of their trade pieces. So they're definitely selling everything. Um, so, yeah, Anaheim done, 4-1 win for the Preds. So that started the week off great, four points and four uh, opportunities. So uh, huge, huge start. And then uh, we go to Saturday. So you want to talk about Saturday? Oh, somebody's got to talk about, about it, right? Do you want to say anything about the Ducks game first? Uh, no, I mean, it's it's exactly what you said. They were just – they were kind of cooked at that point. And, uh, you know, I'd hate to think that any game could be taken lightly. I don't think the Predators took it lightly. But um, that didn't seem like one where you had to do too much to make sure that you got the win, if that makes sense. And, yeah. I mean, that's just kind of where the Ducks were at that moment. And, like you said, they're in, they're in sale mode. So, yeah. um you know, four one, it, it could have been worse, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> could have been worse what for happened? the Ducks. So what happened Saturday? Oh boy. Well, you know, Saturday morning it was an early game, which not your uh, not your normal start time of eleven thirty. But the Predators hosted the Blues of St. Louis, Alex, and uh, they were quite the gracious hosts indeed because they allowed the Blues to score <laughs> three times in the first period. Um, that was, of course, before Matt Duchesne scored goal 30 on the season. Um, and the Predators were resilient when they came back out in the second by scoring three more goals of their own. Um, and that, of course, uh, included, let's see, one from Johansson, one from Forsberg with his 29th of the season, and Matt Duchesne with his 31st goal of the season while only allowing one. So that, of course, set the teams up for a third-period showdown coming into it tied 4-4. Four to four. I expected excitement, Alex. Did you expect yeah. excitement? I really did. I mean, it was like it, that, that game was so much fun to watch yeah. up until, like you said, the very last few, few minutes. I, I would say that the all of the St. Louis Blues fans, which came to town, which was a lot, they definitely got a show. Um, yeah. Coming in, you know, I, and I'm going to guess, just let's be realistic here, most of them probably come in the night before, so they were nearby, whereas a lot of the Preds fans were probably uh, having to drive in, led to a little bit of a lopsided attendance situation at the beginning of the game because of all the snow that had fallen. So, um, you know, the road conditions weren't great everywhere. They were okay on my way in, but I think that kind of contributed to an atmosphere where, 
there were a lot of Blues fans at the beginning of well, the game. It evened out toward the end, but the, the, I was going to say the Preds, the Preds fans did fill out the place. I mean, it wasn't it yeah. wasn't like a total takeover or anything, but it was there no, were a lot no, of no, no. But at the very beginning, it was pretty loud for the Blues. At the beginning, um, it was, but then, for sure. then I think everybody kind of got there right as the game started, got into their seats, got place filled up, and it sounded great. It was a good atmosphere. Um, you know, very, very back and forth on the ice, very back and forth in the crowd. But the fourth, the third period, goodness gracious, despite tight play for the majority of the third period, uh, Robert Thomas scored St. Louis's fifth goal with about three minutes left. And that goal was so smooth. Um, and this led the team. I'm sorry. I had to. Yeah. Had to. You have, you have to do it when, when you mention him, <sighs> I'm sure bad. he gets tired of it, but yeah, whatever. You know what? Choose a different name folks. Um, but R. R. Thomas. Yeah, R. Thomas or something like that. Bert Thomas would work just fine. Anyway, um, this led the Predators, of course, to pull UC Soros, as you would expect toward the end of the game. Unfortunately, maybe they uh, pulled him a few seconds too early as they hadn't really established uh, control in the offensive zone, um, which then led, of course, to two very quick empty net goals for St. Louis. And of course the game ended with a very lopsided score of seven to four, which really betrays how close that game was right yeah, until the final. Two minutes. empty netters. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, it's so weird. The empty net stuff. It's like, that's like a part of the, of, uh, of the game that I, I feel like maybe Hines and this, the coaching staff have not quite figured out exactly how to make that work because there've been a lot of mess ups in that, in that department of, of, when to pull the goalie, not just not just on the clock, um, not just looking at the, the how much time is left, but yeah. when to pull it when the puck is on the ice. So like there have been times where they've pulled him when the team hasn't even gained the zone, and then as soon as they pull yeah. him, they they dump and, and like dump, dumping dumping the puck when uh, you have a goalie pulled is just like it's just a recipe for disaster. Now I mean I don't think I don't think I'm not like most people in thinking that dumping the puck is never a bad is never a good idea. I think dumping the puck is fine, but not in an empty net situation because it's too easy. No, P- you possession. Know, I, go ahead. Possession is key there. You you've got to have control, and you want that sixth man coming in behind you, not you know joining you as you get there because you've left the uh, net open yeah. that early. Um, and, you know, I think I think that kind of thing, you always see a lot of complaints about pulling the goalie anytime it happens just because a lot of people aren't comfortable playing with the net empty um, in, the, in the fan world. But I think realistically, the, the one time I could really side yeah. with people complaining on, say, Twitter or Facebook about it, right. situations like that where there's, there's no clear possession in the zone um, or you see a dump in or something like that before – you even have a chance to really get established up there. So uh, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I mean, it's best to think about, it's best to think about uh, goalie pull six man, six on five or whatever situations um, as, as half court shots, hail Mary. I mean, they're, they're not going to work that often. Like they just don't no. um, when they do, it looks great, but they just, they, they don't work that often. And so like, but there's been there's that there's this whole narrative that's been added about like when to do it or you should never do it or you should do it when there's five minutes left or you should only do it when there's uh, when you have a power play. It's just like there's there's all kinds of scenarios. I feel like people get really overwrought with how important that is. Um, you know, it's and and also like you know a regular season game. Do you only do it? Do you do you do really need to do it in regular season games? Should you only do it in playoff games? Like that seems like a 
Or, or should you not do it in a playoff game? I don't know. It, it doesn't make it, – it's really kind of silly to, to, to go on about it, which is what I'm doing right now, so I'm going to stop. I don't – I don't think it's I don't think it's silly to go on about it honestly. We probably just don't need to do it while we're trying to go through a yeah. four game week and, and everything else we've got to do, but it's definitely worth talking about. Maybe we yeah. should do that on our next episode. Cool. All right. So now that was a big uh that was a big loss because uh um well not a big loss, but it was it was a, a game you probably deserved overtime, maybe you deserved at yeah. least a point there, even though you didn't get it. And uh but then they get a chance the very next night. In Minnesota. So what happened then? Yeah, you know, um, as much as I'd say the Wild probably wanted to win that night, considering they had just retired uh, Koivu's number, um, they couldn't get it done. Realistically, Forsberg uh, looked to make up some ground on Matt Duchesne um, by scoring the first of the night and his 30th of the year. Very big reason why I'm naming all of these goals, which we'll get to soon. Um, a little under halfway through the first, only to have the Wild tie it up just a few minutes later. And then in the second, Roman Yossi and Philip Tomasino both scored while the Wild added their last goal of the game. Um, and in the third, Roman Yossi, who wound up with four points on the night, scored on the power play early. And then Philip Forsberg scored his 31st of the season and his second of the night on the empty net. And Nick Cousins capped things off with yet another empty net goal before time expired. So you give up two empty net goals on Saturday, you get two empty net goals on Sunday. Give us, take us, right? I wonder when the last time a team, or really just two back-to-back, any team had two back-to-back games in which there were two empty netters in each game. Probably didn't happen very often. Probably not. I don't, I don't know where one would go to find such information without just I'm sure there's really a way. down and dirty in the, in the, I'm not going to do it, but I'm sure there's a way. Um, I did have one highlight to show from this game. Okay. Uh, it was, uh, pretty funny to me because, all right. For, for, so in my impression of this game, Roman Yossi, I think did not have the greatest game against St. Louis. I think he struggled in a couple places. Uh, you could argue that he was partially responsible on that odd man rush that the Blues scored on. Uh, boy, he made up for it against Minnesota with two goals mm. uh, and an assist, right? Two, oh, no, 4.9. Two, two goals, two assists. And uh, I thought this goal in particular was just hilarious because, like, just you just got to watch this. Like, watch, watch okay. how easy this was. Just take the middle lane. And it's like the parting of the Red Sea, able to get to the middle and shovels a backhand. And it looks like just sneaks underneath of Kapo Kakinen's glove. And Roman Yossi, one of the top defenders in the National Hockey League, has kind of cleaned up his defensive side of the game, but brings all kinds of offense. That's his 16. Roman Yossi just like skates from the top of the blue line all the way down to the low slot or to the slot area and just like sends this like really easy backhand on net and, and scores. The Minnesota Wild, as that announcer just pointed yeah. out, parted the seas for him. Like it was, I, I've never seen that for for Roman Yossi. It's probably the, not the easiest goal, but certainly the easiest defense he's ever had to go against, right there. So, anyways, I just thought that was kind of interesting uh, how easy that was for Roman Yossi to score. He also scored a power play goal later in the uh, period or later in the game. That was a a really nice shot. So, Roman Yossi, great bounce back game and a great bounce back game for the Preds beating the the wild six to two so yeah i'll take it i'll take it all day long 
I think coming out of that weekend with or coming out of the week, really, with that many points and not just from winning, but I mean, piling up goals. That's that's what you need. You need you need production and you need yeah. that big time going forward. Score right. like that. It's going to be hard to, to, to lose. Exactly. Um, OK, so we've got to move on to talk about some pretty big records. You mentioned a lot of goals being scored by some guys like Matthew Shane and Philip Forsberg. And I talked about Roman Yossi. We, we talked about Roman Yossi. And uh, I think that there's a, a conversation to be had about these records that we could see bro- uh, broken over the next few weeks or so. And so we're going to do that. We're going to talk about five records that will be broken over the next few weeks. Before we do that, I do want to talk about HelloFresh. Cool. All right. So HelloFresh is a, a, a wonderful uh product i i have been using HelloFresh for several years now um if you don't already know it's a, a meal delivery program where you get meals delivered right to your front door farm fresh pre-proportioned ingredients seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep skip the trips to the grocery store count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy fun and adorable if you don't have time to cook HelloFresh helps cut back on the time spent in the kitchen um less than 30 minutes most of them some of them are even quicker than that Quick and easy meals, really easy cleanup, um, definitely faster than uh, than just thinking of everything on on you know on your own and planning it out. They've got, it's got all the ingredients all planned out for you. Uh, really easy steps to follow, um, and then also it's cheaper. So like HelloFresh is basically seventy two percent cheaper than any restaurant meal of the same quality. Save on average sixty five dollars a month when you order HelloFresh. I had HelloFresh tonight. I ate a pasta. It was a limon pasta with chicken, and uh, there was some um, zucchini in there, so it was pretty healthy as mm. well. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, I would strongly suggest trying it. Go to HelloFresh.com slash smash16 and use code smash16 for up to 16 free meals and a few gifts as well, three free gifts. So check it out. Use that code, promo code smash16. All right. Let's talk about records. Records yeah. are made, made to be broken. Yes. Um, all right. So I, I wanted to talk about this because there are some records here that I think are pretty pretty major in, in terms of uh, the history of a, of a franchise, uh, importance to this particular franchise. There's a couple records that have just been on the books for a very long time that are kind of, I don't know, they're kind of tragic in a way because – um, they're held by guys that are, are, I mean, one of which is, was on the team for two years. And then another of which was a high draft pick that was a, a good player, but definitely not the, uh, the, the legend that, uh, you know, maybe he could have been, um, fine player, David Legwan, but not the guy that, you know, certainly not like a life changing career changing franchise changing player, really good guy like him, but you know, just. David Leguan is not, uh, he's not, well, <laughs> he's not even the guy that, uh, whose record is about to break his, uh, who's, who's about to break his record. Um, and so what I thought we would do is I thought we would talk about the, the records themselves and uh, what order we thought that they would be broken in. Here they are. I've got a little graphic here. We'll talk about them here in a second. So there are five records. The first one is the single season goal scoring record. So that is was set by Victor Arvidsson four years ago. 
Is that right? I think four years ago. Oh, you know the whole the whole COVID stuff's thrown off my ability to count. So, um, I think it was twenty eight. I'm gonna say yes that that is correct. I'm going to look it up now, and I'm going to say it was 2018-19. So, uh, end of 2019 season. Um, but they each have 31, and Victor Arvidsson's record was 34. So that's a pretty big one. That has been, uh, you know, and and Arvidsson had, had held that record. Arvidsson set the record that Jason Arnott had um, from several years before. So, like, it had been in the – it had been a long time since that had been even touched. Uh, I guess Philip Forsberg tied it the previous year, but it didn't break it. Speaking of Philip Forsberg, um, career goals scored. He is at 208. The number is 210 to set the record held by David Leguan, 211 to break it. So – if he has a hat trick in his next game, he will break it. Two goals would set it. Three goals would break it. So that's the second record. Roman Yossi assists. Alex, I think a... he's at 209. Philip Forsberg? I think so. You're right, he is, because he scored the empty netter. That is wrong. 209. Yes, it's 209. It's not 208. <laughs> My bad. Uh, where was I getting 208? I guess I filled that out prior to him scoring that empty netter. Yeah, so it's 209. So one goal, he's one goal away from tying it. Two goals away from breaking it. So yeah, that's really soon. Um, Roman Yossi assists in a season. 54 is the record. He's got 49. Roman Yossi points in a season. 85, he's got 66. Both of those records were set by Paul Correa in 0506. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. And then there's also this Tanner Janot rookie goals record. He has 18, and the record is 26, set by Philip Forsberg. So, um, right off the bat, which of those do you think is most likely to get broken tomorrow night against Pittsburgh Penguins? Um, gosh, you know, so tomorrow night we're looking at the uh, the Penguins. I'd say, of course, the the best for a record to get broken is got. Career goals as a pred, right? I mean, we're one away from tying, two away from breaking it. So that's got to be the quickest one coming up. But of course, you know, two goals for Forsberg means that he's at thirty. So that also he's he's got to sell before he can break the other. Can Matt Duchesne score four goals before Forsberg scores two? I guess that's yeah. the real question. So I think it's pretty clear that the the Forsberg goal, especially with that 209, not 208, I think it's pretty clear the Forsberg uh, career goals record is going to get broken first. I, I I think I think that'll happen before Matt Duchesne has has three more. But they're both on a pretty solid tear, so it's it's hard to say uh, that wouldn't happen. Um, so I think that's probably the clear winner for the most likely to happen first, right? Yeah, I think the Forsberg. I'd say goals. that's got to be number one. Yeah. Uh, and number two would be Matt Duchesne. I, so, I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of saying, like, I think Duchesne breaking it could count as one of these. So, like, even though Forsberg would break it, Duchesne would also break it. I think they're, they're, they're basically on the same pace. I mean, they both have 31. They'll probably finish around the same goal total. Mm -hmm. So, like, them breaking that record, either Forsberg or Duchesne breaking the single season record at 34, that'll happen in the next – this week. I mean, it seems pretty – 
likely to happen this week, right? Okay, so Roman Yossi, assist in the season, he's got 49. Uh, he only has to get to 54. That seems very doable for him uh, in the next week or two. Um, I, I don't think there's any way he doesn't get that record. I mean, like five more assists for him, six, six more to break it is like – it would be a disappointment if he didn't get that in the last like 23 games. Um, yeah, it would – it would take something happening for that to not happen. It's, yeah. you know, he, he racks up enough assists just in the you know general, even in games that aren't high scoring, typically he's getting a point. So I yeah. think, I think that one's coming pretty quick. That may, maybe that even comes, maybe this it week. even comes before, um, before the other one, before yeah. the uh, season goals, just because. When he plays he so much. Yeah, he does a lot of things. He plays, you know, every power play. Um, you've got a lot of. They're don't forget they're playing the Flyers this week. They're playing the Flyers on Thursday. The Flyers are very bad. Uh, yeah, and yeah. that's a that's a recipe for like you know Yossi goes out there and, and puts up three three assists and maybe he has a, if he has an assist on Tuesday and then an assist Saturday then there you go there's five. Yep. It's very easy for for Yossi to put up points and, uh, you know, Philip Forsberg or Duchesne not be the goal scorers. So uh, I could see that happening there. But I, I still think that uh, Forsberg career goals is first, then the single season record, then Yossi assists in a season. And then the points in a season, um, just so we can get this graphic off the screen, uh, the points in a season is, is going to be trickier, I think, because he's got to get to 85 and he's got 60. What was it? I gotta see it. He's got 66. He's gotta get he's got 66 and he's gotta get to 85. So so I mean he's basically gotta get 19 points in the last 22 games. That is right at his pace. I mean that there's there's nothing yeah. that or it's actually lower than his pace. However, he can't have you know a bad week. No. Uh you know, and, and a bad week for Yossi would be still getting some points, just not getting, you know, in a week of three games, he only gets one, you know, one point. Yeah. That's a bad week. Uh, so he can't, he can't do that. He can't really even have a bad week. So then he's got to catch up. So I think that's the harder one. I, I think that that one would be pretty impressive to break uh, 85 points in a season for, uh, for any national predators player. That's, you know, that, that record's been standing so long. People forget that, that the NHL was like a different world then in yeah. 0506 that, Paul Korea's season was just like that was when they turned on the offense for the NHL after the lockout and Korea just got just lit up. I mean, every game he was getting two points. It was nuts. So yeah. Um, he was uh he was very good that year. Um I think that's the last one. And then briefly, I think the Tanner Janot one is doable. I think it's less likely than all these. Um 18 goals he's got, he would need to get to 26, and he'd get need to get to 27 to break it. You know, he's had a great season. I think I think a 20-goal season for Tanner Janot is just mind-blowingly good. I mean, that's that's an amazing rookie season for that guy. Um, so no disappointment if he doesn't get it. I think that would be a tough goal, to, tough record to break. You know, I I agree that it's going to be a tough record to break, but you, you can also see a situation where he has a multi-goal game, maybe gets something in on the empty net or something like that. Um, you know, the, the fact that he doesn't get much – if any power play time is good kind of where I think that's going to make it harder is because he's just not going to get as many chances. It's just going to matter whether or not he capitalizes on the chances he does have. And yeah. like you said, 20 goals on the season is an outstanding season. So, you know, it, 
I'm not going to be upset if he doesn't break it. I'd love to see him break it, but um, you know, he'll land somewhere. You know, was it you? Uh, you shoot for the uh, shoot for the moon, you'll land near the stars or something. Is that what? <laughs> is that how the old saying goes? Yeah. The yeah. old uh, children's tale from the sea or whatever it is. <laughs> the children's tale from the sea. I don't know. Uh, I think that's how it goes. Yeah. I, I, uh, Tanner, you know, um, there's another record that we didn't mention here. We'll get to in a second that you wanted to mention. But um, so there we go. I think we've got the we've got the order. Philip Forsberg is going to get to 210, maybe even tomorrow. Either him or Duchesne is going to break the single season record probably this week. I think that's that's very likely. Then Yossi assists in a season. Then Yossi points in a season. And then Tanner Jano, outside chance at the rookie goals record. There's your ranking of the record-breaking as it is record-breaking season. Now, what is yeah. this other record you wanted to mention? The other record, and I'm... Uh... I want to make sure I've got this brought up here so I can get the old numbers right. But uh, the other record is for most hits in a season. Um, and it, whether that's a stat you're keeping track of or not, the current record is Shea Weber with 211 hits in so a season. Most, most hits by a Preds player? Yeah, most hits by a Preds player in, in a season. is uh, That is Shea Weber. Um, and, of course, Tanner Janot right behind him with 201 so 10 off from tying one off or 11 off from breaking. And I feel like that's going to happen pretty quick. Now, maybe <laughs> that can happen this week. Maybe you don't want to include that in the others because maybe hits don't have as much of an impact on the outcome of a game. Um, but you know, there are other aspects of the game to consider aside yeah. from final score. And that is how much of a good time I have watching it. Um, yeah, no, it's not that it, I, I, you know, I think their hits are important. I mean, like they, you need to be able to hit guys in order to, to win the puck back. I, uh, I think the the one thing about hits is, um, I just don't think they're they're not a they're not a stat that most people um, really keep track of in terms of like like thirty goal scores, forty goal scores. Like there's a there's a benchmark for goals. There's benchmarks for for points. There's benchmarks for wins by McGoley. There's benchmarks for shutouts and save percentage and all that stuff. Like those are um, time on ice, even penalty yeah. minutes maybe. But like hits, just like I, I don't know. I guess it's people just, for whatever reason have not really kept track of it. Like I, I could not tell you the record for the most hits in a season by any player. I have no idea what that is. Or in a game, I, I mean, I don't like what even is the record for most hits in a game? No idea. Um, I can look it up. Anyway, I. I it's just that I was I, in looking at these records, you know, who knows? Maybe Colton Sissons is closing in on the faceoff wins. I did an article about that a while ago, how good he's been. I mean, he, he very, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's about to break the Preds faceoff wins record. It would, it would be fitting. I think he deserves a record. Yeah. That's just me. Very Probably good a lot of other people too. Okay. So I think we've established it. Huge reasons to watch this week, uh, to watch the Nashville Predators this week. If you have only been um, watching every now and then this year, if you've not really been tuning in, now is the time to tune in because you're going to see records broken. You're going to see Philip Forsberg do something that no one's ever done in the Predators' history. Same thing with Yossi and Duchesne, maybe. Maybe even Tanner Cheneau. So, uh, huge week. Speaking of which, we've got Tuesday, the Pittsburgh Penguins coming to town. That's always fun. Pittsburgh's good. They're second in their division. I mean, the Penguins. Yeah, it, it should be a good game. I mean, I, 
you know, you, you've got to, you've got to remember that aside from the uh, Stanley cup final, that they're not really historically speaking, a big rival. So right. I think a lot of the, the rivalry rivalry that is kind of applied to them comes from everything after and during the Stanley cup final, but yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting. Still a lot of guys on that team from that team and still several guys on this team from that team. So it should be interesting to see. And they're doing, they're having a good year, so it should be a good battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's going to be a good game. Uh, Thursday, like I said, they go to Philadelphia. The Flyers are terrible. That should be a win. And then Saturday they play Toronto at home. Um, the Maple Leafs are, like, not – winning as many games as, as Toronto would like. And uh, there's going to be a lot of media in town for that one. It's a weekend game with Toronto in town. I'm sure there's going to be tons of, of Maple Leafs media here. Um, that should be fun to deal with. And, uh, yeah, so big week, three games, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Toronto. And then the trade deadline is next Tuesday, so a week from tomorrow. They do have one game before that, so really four games. These, these four games are going to decide what's – what David Poyle is going to do on trade deadline day. Mm-mm-mm. We will probably fin- spend a lot of time talking about that at next week's show. I, I would imagine that's going to be a major topic. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'm just going to throw this out there. It's a little ugly bit of truth to throw out before the uh, show ends. But if uh, the trade deadline's coming up and if a deal with Forsberg doesn't get done, then he doesn't have a lot of games left to set that record. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It, that's why it's probably going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. And, and of course, soon they'll probably announce a, a massive contract extension. Would that be Everyone will they... be happy. They'll be much rejoicing. Poyle's just waiting for the uh, him to set the record for him to sign him to that contract. Boy, that'd be I don't, I don't like being this close to the deadline, not having that deal done. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, very, very strange. I, I still think a deal gets done. I do too. Either before the season ends or or after. Yeah. (laughs) All right. That's before. What's that? I hope it's before next week. Yeah, for sure. That does it for our show. Uh, You can check out all of our hockey coverage at azsports.com and go to onthefourcheck.com as well. Check out Sean. He wrote some stuff this week. You got to go check it out. And follow me on Twitter at AlexDarty1. Follow Sean on Twitter at SCSOTF. We will see you next week.